Dukes has twang. Does your mayo have it? Do you ask for it by name when you go out to eat? Do you display your devotion to it for all the world to see? Can it elevate your lime cilantro aioli to a level that's borderline holy? If not, you're probably using the wrong mayo. That's because only Duke's mayo has twang. It's that little southern something that elevates food from good to downright ridiculous. Get Duke's. It's got twang. Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Thursday, everybody, and welcome into the Graham Lincoln MacLean podcast presented by Duke's Mayo. And we are so excited to talk about today's game. It is the Orange Bowl, the orangest Orange Bowl of all time between Clemson and Tennessee. I think this game is going to be so interesting, Mac. There's so many different ways to look at it. And we decided to talk to two very important Clemson players in this game. So I'm excited for y'all to hear these interviews. Yeah, come on, KG. I, I have a little experience in the Orange Bowl. Uh, you was do. there three times in this game. Crazy. You know, of all the bowl games in the whole world, uh, for three of my five possible games, I, I decided to go hang wow. out in Miami. Not a bad spot to go. Not a bad spot mm-hmm. to go. Went two and one. We're, we're not going to talk about the one. We'll just focus on You the didn't play one. in that one, so that's not yeah, on you. That's true. That's true. So I'm 2-0. Oh. I'm undefeated in the Orange Bowl. Uh, but excited that Clemson's back in this thing. Excited for this game. As you said, playing Tennessee, I obviously grew up a Tennessee fan. Uh, mm. So this is cool for kind of my house divided a little bit, I guess you could say. Uh, with, with this game. But yeah, excited to talk to these guys too. So we had to look at the quarterback position, right? It's pretty important. So we went and got the quarterback of the offense, Cade Klubnick. Very excited for you guys to hear from him. But also the quarterback over on the defensive side of the ball, Barrett Ooh. Carter, who has been playing outside of his mind. Really enjoyed the conversation with both of these young men. Uh, let's get right to it. Here's our interviews with Barrett and Cade. Barrett, thank you so much for joining our podcast today. We really appreciate it. And look, let's start with the ACC championship. Congratulations on the ACC title. It's actually your first one. So how did it feel? Oh, my gosh. It was such a surreal moment. So, I mean, last year when we won the Cheez-It Bowl, that was, you know, I was so grateful just for that after the season that we had had. And then to turn around this year and come back and win the ACC, you know, it was just a dream come true. You know, that's the reason that I chose Clemson to compete for championships every single year. And just, you know, it was just such a surreal moment. I was speechless the whole night. I'm just glad that we could get it done. It was it was awesome. Well, in that game, uh, the defense really did get it done. They held North Carolina, who has a great offense, to 10 points, forced three turnovers. Why do you think your defense was able to be so successful against UNC? I think it's just the way that we prepared the, uh, throughout the week. Um, you know, we we focus just on straining every single day because we knew that UNC was a high-powered offense, especially with having a quarterback like Drake May and having a guy like Josh Downs, our receiver, my, my high school teammate. But <laughs> – but just like, you know, when you have guys like that, you really got to strain in practice. So when you when it comes to game time, it's nothing new when you have to, you know, you know, like flip that switch. So I think it's just the way that we prepare throughout the week, you know, the extra film study that we put in, all that adds up and it just helps us uh, just dominate when it's come game time. 
Yeah, I, I've got a couple of things on that because, Barrett, I, I thought it was hilarious. I went back and watched it, the TV copy, and there was this part where, where you, uh, you, you you know, were chatting there with your buddy and, and Josh, and y'all were going back and forth a little bit. And then the rap light comes in. He's like, whoa, 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 break it up. What did he say to you guys? Because I thought that was so funny. He had no clue that y'all were former teammates. Yeah, so the thing about Josh, and people might not know this about Josh, Josh will talk his butt off. Uh, they know. Trust me. We know. <laughs> so me going into that game, I'm like – I'm going to initiate the talking. There you go. Uh, that's, that's just all that was. But, you know, it was just, it was just some friendly banter. Of course. You know? I, I, was, I was talking some hot stuff to Josh, just trying to, get, <laughs> trying to get in his head. Of course, that didn't really work. But, you know, the ref thought it was something right. so much more than it actually was. Right. It was just all friendly, though. You know, that's, that's my brother for life. And he, awesome. he's taught me so much. But, you know, it was all just some friendly banter. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's what I figured. It was just so funny to see that guy jump, and I was like, this guy has no clue. These guys are like brothers. He, he has no clue about it. Yeah. Uh, the second thing to, to follow up, you talk about that preparation and practice. You guys showed a look that you haven't all year. How much went into that, into practice? Did you maybe assume that was going to happen with that three-safety look? Because I've got to be honest, man, I'm, I was looking at the matchup. I'm like, these guys are going to rush. They're going to bring that off uh, defensive line. They're going to th- throw some bear at them. And you did the opposite. You guys stayed in coverage. Uh, was that something maybe you expect and that you look forward to? Yeah, so we did a lot of film study. We like we went over uh, defenses that they, uh, you could say, like maybe struggled with a little bit. So we watched a lot of the NC State game, and they ran that look. So, you know, we, we kind of took some things from that and, you know, threw our own flavor into it. But, you know, we, we, we tried to give them a lot of different looks so they just wouldn't know, like, what to yeah. expect. And I think that us coming with that look really kind of confused them in a way. So, you know, but we practiced it the whole week, and then we were ready for it, and uh, it, it helped us out. It worked us. So. It, it confused us on the sideline as well. I'm like, <laughs> I, why are there three safeties on the field? What, what is happening? What are we doing? And, and kind of to mention that, this linebacking core, yourself included, man, I mean, you guys played at such a high level all year. And, and you know, different guys at different times, and, and obviously a couple situations were all three of y'all just on, on a super high level. And it's a thing of beauty to see. Um I want to talk about Woodaz real quick, though, because yeah. I kind of throw him into that, even though yeah. he's kind of a safety. I mean, he was kind of thrown in the fire there. Did, did you expect him to play that high level? I mean, he was basically in the Isaiah Simmons role of a couple years ago. Yeah, I, I, I expect that from Wade, honestly. You know, I, I go to work with Wade. You know, ever since he came in during the summer, you could tell that he just had that that it factor to him. So, you know, when, when Wes threw a man, I wasn't – I wasn't surprised at all. I wasn't nervous. Like, I knew he was ready for the moment just because the way that he prepares on a day-to-day basis, you know, he puts in the extra time in the film room. He strains that practice. So, you know, when you throw a guy like Wade in there, you know, you don't, you don't worry about him. Wade, Wade's good. Wade's going to be a great player. But, you know, I was not worried about Wade. He was ready for the moment. Well, you mentioned uh, Wes putting Wade in there, and you're kind of in a unique situation because you were recruited a lot by Brent Venables and then, of course, played for him last year. Now Wes Goodwin is your guy in your D.C. What are the differences between the two, and and what do you like about playing for Wes? I think their personalities are different. You know, Coach V, he's very – very intense guy. West West can get intense, but that's just not like who he is initially. But the thing that I like about West is like he really slows the game down for you and really like teach takes the time to teach you. Like and Coach V he did that in a way, but like he just uh, like Coach V is always up here and he he moves at one speed. Whereas West he kind of he slows the game down and just must, he wants to make sure that everybody under like really understands what's going on. 
And so I think that's that was his big he emphasized that when he got the job, just making sure that everyone knew like what to do. And that's helped everyone really just learn the whole defense, not just learn their position, but really get to learn what every, everybody on the defense is doing. Wow. And we know how important that is. And I mean, to, to be able to, you know, communicate that in a different way. You know, obviously, I think Coach Venables is the best ever at what he did. And, and to see to kind of a, a different way to do it with Wes, who, who can have that intensity, I, I think is really special. And, and kind of what you were saying there with me is super intriguing just about your development and, and kind of your evolution, man, you're weapon X out there. Coach Sweeney said before the season, we talked to him. He said, Bear Carter is the best pound for pound football player I've ever had. Later in the season, he said he has become one of the best leaders we've ever had on this team. Walk me through that process where, okay, I can take care of me, but now I'm at this level. I got to start taking care of other people too. Yeah. So I think it just comes with the comfort and experience. You know, I, like when I got here last summer, I was just kind of get my feet. I was just trying to get my feet wet, you know, learn the defense, you know, figure out everything, how like what everything goes on around here. But now that I had a year under my belt, like I'm like, let's go. Like it's like me, I'm wired in a way. I just need maybe just one year to really get myself going. And then once I get that year, I'm like, I'm good. Like I'm ready to I'm ready to bring bring other guys along with me. I'm ready, you know, just, you know, just focus on leading my team. So I think last year I was just getting my feet wet. But like this offseason, like I just the switch just flipped for me. Like I just knew that it was my time to step up and I I was ready for it. You know, I still have a long way to go, of course, but you know, I was just I'm ready for that moment. I'm ready to just bring other guys along with me. What what does that look like from a leadership perspective? Like are you telling guys, hey, let's let's go get some film? Hey, after practice, let's walk through some stuff. What does that look like in in your leadership role, your leadership identity? It's it's just some like slight stuff like it could just be like after practice like let's just stay after and stretch a little bit um let's let's get some extra time in the film room let's get some extra ab workouts after a workout so it's just and like I really just bring like an energy like an unmatched energy that you just can't like find anywhere else like and that's just not even on the football field but I'm always smiling (laughs) you might hear that about me I am always smiling so I think I just bring that like joy to like to the group to the building that just like you kind of need on a team and I mean that in, a, in like the most humble way, but like it's just I bring that like I bring joy, and but I just I try to bring guys along with me, so like that could just be stretching after practice. That could just be us getting some like ball drills on the jug machine, and just you know just things of that nature. Just whatever, whatever, just something pops up in my, pops up in my mind. I'll be like, yeah, let's just do that. Yeah. So it's just. It's kind of just happens randomly, but I just bring that energy that you need on a team. KG, I call that being the thermostat. That's what I call that. Interesting. <laughs> I like that. Well. I think that's obvious, Barrett. You you can tell us you're always smiling, but I mean, you've been smiling the whole interview and, <laughs> and your attitude kind of, you know, seeps through. So we, we don't doubt you at all. Um, so speaking of some of these younger guys taking on leadership roles, talk to us about your guy, Cade, OK, because he's being thrown into a situation here where he's a true freshman. He's now the guy for the Orange Bowl. Um, what have you seen from him? I guess you guys only had a few practices to get ready for the Orange Bowl, but even in the UNC week, what have you seen from him that makes you think he can really be that guy to lead this team in the Orange Bowl and in the future? I think the thing that I like about Cade so much is like how poised he is. And he said, I forgot when this was. It might have been in one of our team meetings, but someone asked, like, how does he personally handle like pressured situations? And he said, I simply just – like." I grad. I just. I'm. I'm grateful in the moment, and I just take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. And like something so simple like that, 
go such a long way with like and like I've taken that and I've imp- I've implemented that for myself. Like if I'm ever in a pressured situation or moment, I just breathe, just take a deep breath, and it just kind of just eases yourself. But Cade's been that way since the day that I've that the, the day that I met him. Like the day that he stepped on campus, always just oh he led by example. He was a leader, very poised. You know he's a, he's a competitor, and so I've seen that since the day that he got here. So I knew that when it was his time to shine, that it wouldn't be anything new for him. Yeah. So I'm I'm so proud of Cade, just the way that he's came in. You know he. He, you know, he he didn't play much this year, but he was always ready for the moment, in which he was. So, just proud to have that guy leading our team now, and I'm I'm, I'm excited for his future. Have you noticed a, a difference in practice? I know, again, it's been probably very limited right now. We still got some time before the game, but is he more vocal? Is he understanding that he's the guy now? It's his ship. He, he's got to get things going, or is it more of just the lead by example? We'll do what we do. I think it's both for K. You know, I'm not, of course, I'm not in the offensive huddles, sure. but I hear a lot of guys. Well, you so could be. I heard you can play running back, so whatever you want to do. <laughs> I really could, we'll say that for a different time. But uh, no, I hear a lot of guys talk about how K, like, he's always, you know, going around just bringing, like, he's, he lifts the morale of the offense. So I hear that from him. Then I see how he works every single day. Like, this guy is in the weight room doing extra every single day. You know, he's always throwing after practice extra. He's always doing extra. So when you have that guy leading your team, just leading by example like that, you know, the the, the high seat you can reach is endless. Barrett, we talked about your first ACC title, and now this is your first trip to a New Year's Six Bowl in the Orange Bowl. What are you most looking forward to with the Orange Bowl? Just really just, you know, smelling the roses. Just like just being grateful just to even be here. You know, as a little kid, this is what you dream about. You know, being in big games like this, going against a high-caliber team like Tennessee. So I'm just excited just to, you know, experience everything that's about to go into it. You know, not just on the field, but just, you know, everything, all the events that we're going to be a part of. But, you know, of course the game, like, literally, this is what you dream about as a kid. So I'm just, I'm excited to just, you know, live out my childhood dream. Just, you know, just, and just get the win. You know, that's all. I'm a, I'm a competitor. I love to, I, I don't like losing. I'm not a loser. <laughs> I haven't been a loser my whole life. So I'm, I'm excited to just, you know, fight to get a win. That's you know, awesome, man. That's all. You're going to enjoy it. The, I had the privilege of going to the Orange Bowl three times as a player. So Matt's that was been our, there a couple yeah, times. Yeah, that was our home away from home uh, <laughs> while I was playing, man. So I'm excited to, for Clemson to be back in it. Uh, looking at Tennessee real quick, uh, you, you know, I'm sure you've watched some tape on them. It's going to be a very different Tennessee team than maybe what you saw for most of the regular season. Hendon Hooker being hurt, a couple of guys opting out, but still explosive and, and still, you know, the nation's best offense, you know, for a majority of the year. What have you seen from them and, and you know, what kind of challenges do you expect they will you know face for you guys? Yeah, so first of all, about their offense, this is the fastest, most high-tempo offense <laughs> mm-hmm. that we will ever probably ever see. Like, we were watching film, and literally the receiver caught the ball, ran to the ref, ran to a spot, and they snapped the ball right then and there. So, like, we just got to be on our P's and Q's as a defense. We got to communicate, and we just got to get lined up and just be focused on our keys because, you know, they're going to be moving super fast. So I think we have a really good plan going into the game. But, you know, they have a lot of of great athletes on the team. You know, they have an explosive receiving core. Although they're hitting hookers out, they do have a really good uh, quarterback coming in now. 
Uh, they have great backs and a great old line. So it's going to be a big challenge for us, but I think we're ready for it. So I'm excited I'm excited for it, but I think we'll, we'll match up very good with them. We're excited for you, man. Can't wait to be down there. We'll be down covering you. Can't wait to see it. Uh, maybe talk to you post-game. Get it done for us, and, and we can make that happen. We can make it happen. Barrett, we, we talked about this off-camera. One, th- one more thing before we let you go. Tell me what you want to do. Tell us what you want to do when you're done playing football, man, because your energy is fantastic. I appreciate it. I, well, I want to build my own facility, and I want it to be ginormous, like basketball, football, baseball, beach volleyball, swimming, everything. Because I want, I want all athletes from everywhere to just, like, that's the spot where I want to go train. So I want to do that and just host, like, have training there. I want to have tournaments there and have, like, recovery opportunities just so uh, they have a place to get their bodies right. But, you know, I want to do that. And I also want to get into broadcasting, too, just – talk about any sport it's just talk about the game of football and just use the platform that I have right now to just you know and just see where it takes me well cheers to you having a 10 20 year NFL career so I can make a little more money before you come (laughs) take my job so please do that yes sir all right brother appreciate (laughs) you man this was a lot of fun yeah no doubt no doubt I appreciate your time buddy thank you for joining us thank you for having me Klubnik, man, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome into the podcast. Listen, you guys are you're back home in Texas. I, we were wondering that before you jumped on. Uh, Kelly was thinking she was going to make you jealous because she is at home as well in Texas. But a couple days and y'all are headed down uh, down to Miami, man. How excited are you to be playing in the Orange Bowl? Yeah, so excited. Uh, just so pumped for these guys and so pumped for you know our team. Um, you know, I think it's been a great year so far, and um, it'll be a great way to finish. So. Kate, we were talking about torchies uh, before we came on here, and Mac <laughs> compared it to Taco Cabana. And oh, I come almost, on. You don't have to put me on blast here. <laughs> I almost like broke up with him as a podcast partner and, and completely you know, destroyed our LLC. But when you go to torchies, I'm just curious, because a lot of people are starting to understand what torchies is. There's one in Raleigh. like There's one other places. What's your order at torchies? Man, um, well, this is my first time home in like six months. So yeah. I've been home since like June. Um. I mean, I'm a simple guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really just I, I love like some carnitas tacos. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll get some some carnitas, um, some cilantro, some onion, some cheese, yeah. and then gotta get some queso on the side for sure. Their, their so. queso is well. Really, I, I really have good. to ask this, Kate. Yeah. Was there like a weird like where do I go? Where do I go to eat when you got to Clemson? Like how was that transition? Because you guys were rattling off all these restaurants that it sounds like oh, another yeah. language to me. So how was that transition for you? We're worried. We're, we're very worried about your health right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I I didn't know how how good I had it in Austin until I got to yeah. Clemson because you it's know tough. you know it's a little limited on food sometimes. That's right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely had to ask around. Still asking around almost a year later um, <laughs> about just trying to find new places and stuff. Because, you know, it's it's a struggle sometimes going okay. to the same five places. So I got you. Now, some you're going to have to probably venture to Greenville to get some of the some of the better stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we got to. Yeah. A place like Poppy's Tacos. Right. Write that down. And then the one that the, the place that I have found that is most like Texas barbecue, like actually brisket worth eating out there and you get the pork because the brisket's never really great. Bobby's yeah. Barbecue. In Fountain Inn. Bobby's Bar- I haven't even heard of that. He, wow. he, so it's in Fountain Inn. It's a trek from Clemson, but it'd be worth it. He went to Dripping Springs and he trained. Oh, wow. He trained under 
How about Texas that? Barbecue Masters. So wow. that's my favorite. Here's my as a as a displaced Texan who's lived in South Carolina for eleven years. I got you, but yeah, you can't replace Fortress. And I, I feel for you, and I'm here for you if you need me. Um, okay, let's let's look back at the ACC championship for a second. And you know, it was obvious everything changed when you came in. And I, you've talked about how your mindset was kind of the same every week. Like if I if I go in, if I get my chance, I'm going to do this. But it also felt, and I was watching on TV. I know Mac was there, but when you went in, it just seemed like there was a different look, like a, I'm locked in. I have to prove it here. Is, am I right on that? Like, what was your mindset when you were told I'm going in, in this game? Yeah. So I, uh, I actually have been told like the Sunday before the game, so like six days before the game, Coach Sweeney called me um, and told me that I was going to, he was going to try to get me in um, sometime in the first half. So I think my mindset, just knowing like, okay, mm-hmm. like, you know, I think, my, you know, every, every week I got to prepare, like I was starting the game. Um, Cause you never know what could happen. But just confirmation that, like, you know, it's like I'm going to get my shot. And, you know, I think my mindset was just a little bit different going into that game. Um, and, <clears throat> yeah, so then, you know, the day of the game, Coach Sweeney told me he was going to try to get me in the third or fourth drive and then, you know, end up getting in the third drive. And you know, I think I just kind of had a little bit of a different demeanor um, and just just was, uh, yeah, I, I had a good mindset going into that game. and kind of during it and just a lot of peace in it so well you, you go in and I mean you deliver a strike you throw a 16 yard pass I mean that, you're literally I know it wasn't too far from warm-ups but you're cold you go in and, and you just start ripping it so for, from that aspect you know the word that we had heard like all season long was you know for a spark like something's not going right let's throw this guy in there let's get a spark it just felt like it wasn't that it just felt like go play quarterback so maybe mm, from yeah. that aspect was that a little bit different kind of mentality for you? I agree um, for sure. Like, I just felt like I just got to be able to just, all right, go go play. Like, just go play free. Like, just let's just run our stuff. We're not going to do anything crazy. Let's just let's just go play. And big plays are going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the name of the game is first downs, and I think big plays are just going to happen. Yeah. And big plays, it did end up happening. And so, you know. I think I think they just kind of let me go out there and play free for the first time. So yeah, which I know is a great feeling, man. Just to you know let it rip and, and go have fun and, and to do it in a championship level game to win the MVP. I mean, I know that's I know that's big time. How has your process yeah. changed now that you are the guy? Now now that you know you're the starting quarterback, this is your team, and uh, it, it's the biggest game of the year. Not only because it's the next one, but I mean it's a New Year's Six Bowl. Everyone's watching. What does that process look like for you right now? Yeah. Um, honestly, I'm just trying to be the same person I've been all year. Uh, I'm just trying to be the same, the same Kate I've been since I got here in January. And just, you know, when it comes to a preparation standpoint, uh, I'm trying to prepare like I have all year. Obviously it goes up to another level. Um, but when it comes to, you know, the way I'm preparing, the note taking, I'm taking, uh, the film I'm watching, you know, it's, it's pretty much the same as it's been all year. Um, I mean, obviously we have a full game, so we had, a, we're going to have about a month in between, uh, ACC mm-hmm. championship and in the Orange Bowl, but you know we'll have a little bit more time to prepare. But so, yeah, I mean, I, for me, I feel like I'm I'm just trying to stay the same. Yeah, uh, that was one of my goals before the season even started. Was I want to be the same person whether I'm starting or not to everybody, and just treat people the same. Don't I don't want people to to look back and be like, man, you've changed. Like I just want to be the same old me that I've always been. Sure, and I don't think that um, a platform like really changes my personal relationships with people. Right. How about like from a leadership perspective though, just because, 
know, quarterback is, is is it's one of the most unique positions in all the sports. Like there's only one of you on the field, you know, at any given time, and and everything revolves around that. So do do you feel like Man, you, you got to, whether it's breaking down the huddle or barking at guys or encouraging guys, like, is there a little bit more that has to happen there for your aspect? Or have you, I mean, we're not at practice every day. Have you been doing that all year long? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like I've, I've been trying to be a leader all year long. Uh, but now that I'm kind of, you know, taking this role on that I've, I've got some more, um, I, I could just do it more with more people and, and more my kind of way and mm-hmm. just have more freedom in that. And, you know, I think I think it's been going great so far in the last couple of weeks of practice just with the energy and, and um, just pushing guys and encouraging guys and guys that haven't been able to really do that like out loud before uh, because I didn't really have that ability yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think it's easier when the role is a little more defined. I, I totally understand yeah. that. Yeah. And I want to ask you this, Cade, because Mac and I, we, we know you've been very outspoken about your faith. Mac and I are both also people of faith. and. I think Mac and I both relate to this in that neither of us, well, <laughs> Mac, Mac, made, Mac redshirted as a freshman. I played a little bit, but didn't play as much as, you know, you're coming from high school and you're superstar and then this. And so having that identity outside of your sport is so important. Yeah. So how did your faith help you through that when, you know, you're, you're playing, but maybe not as much as, as you have in your past, of course. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like kind of, Every like six months of the past two years, God's just kind of be, been teaching me something new. Um, I feel like during the recruiting process, it was just trust. I really just learned how to trust Him um, because I didn't know I didn't know where to go. Uh, I didn't know what to do, and I knew I wanted to go to Clemson. And I just kind of it just kind of happened, and I just knew that God was in control of it. And then after that, I definitely just learned prayer uh, for the last like six months. I was home. Um, I just prayed for things to happen at Clemson just to find great community and great people. And mm. the first week I was here, I found like five new guys uh, that just kind of brought me into a Bible study and just great people and took me to church. And I was like, what is going on? Like, it just like happened. And I would say for the past six months now, it's just been just patience and just trusting his plan. Um, I didn't know going into the season if I was going to start the first game or if I was going to not play the whole year in red shirt. Um, and I've just been at peace about that, just knowing that, like, you know, I think that some people have been having different opinions and like, why are you not upset? And I'm like, dude, like, like, it's it's not I'm not in control. Like, I'm just I'm just right. trusting, trusting him with it and um, just trusting Coach Sweeney and like they know what they're doing. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm pumped for DJ for where he's going to be. At. I think he's going to do great and going to have a heck of an NFL career. Uh, but. I think that that was probably the biggest thing I've learned over the past few months is just just patience and and trusting in him to to follow his plan and so well said. I mean, I can I can relate to a lot of what you just said there. I'm just curious as we're both from Austin, um my knowledge of Clemson growing up was my mom went to Duke, so I I followed ACC basketball. Mm-hmm. Like that was really my knowledge of Clemson. And you were a little young, but I grew up in the the Vince Young heyday of Texas. So that was really all the football yeah. that we we focused on. What was your first memory of Clemson and when did it become something where you thought, okay, I want to go there? Yeah. Oh man. Um, I would say, I was probably, probably say probably the Orange Bowl when we, when we beat LSU. Uh, wasn't that, wasn't that the Orange Bowl? Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A Bowl. That was probably like, Mac played in no, it, that's so he Chick-fil-A knows. Bowl. Like, who did we play? Who did we play? Uh, <laughs> Ohio State. Ohio State. Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Ohio State. 
that was probably like one of the biggest ones for Braxton Miller, right? And that was that was a big that was a big like standing point to me. Like, hey, okay, who like that? Uh, and then definitely <laughs> who's that like, Sammy Watkins guy? He's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then definitely the first national championship. Um, that was that was pretty cool. I remember we had like fifty people at my house watching that game. Um, wow. You know, Clemson's name had started building up a lot, and I mean, we, we all remember watching the play with Deshaun and and Renfro. Uh, but I think. Like just getting to see Coach Sweeney for the first time and and who he was, um, just me and my parents were like, dang, like this guy's just different. Like he's just different than everybody else. <laughs> and you know that was a while ago. That was like seven years ago now. So, um, and then you know obviously with with Trevor and it's just built up from there. Um, but I think I feel like just over the years it's just kind of grown and grown, and um, it's just been a place I've I've just even during my recruiting process, like a year before I even committed, like I remember my mom asking me, like, if I go anywhere, where would it be? I'd be like, Oh, Clemson. But like, that was just like such a reach for me. I feel like I could never be able to go there. Um, just because like, I just felt like Clemson was on another level and you know, it just, it just kind of all worked out and it's been, it's been great. I just kind of kept my head down and kept working and um, just kept, kept trusting. And, um, it's, it's been really cool really cool so that's fascinating to hear that's fascinating to hear especially just the the level that man you've played at in in high school and now when you have your chances here at Clemson um you mentioned the Dabo thing I mean it it was just there was something so different and I mean kind of similar to you I'm sure I mean I went all over the country and met a bunch of different people and you know there was just something about him where I was like I don't know what it is and I think it is his faith I think it is the the part that he cares so much you know, about his players outside of what you do on the football field. Obviously, that's important, but he wants you to be a great husband. He wants you to be a great father, a great citizen, you know, in, in society. And that was just so evident to me the first time I ever met him that I wanted to be a part of that. And I wanted to to have tools yeah. for life forever outside of just catching a football or pass setting or blocking or throwing a football, anything like that. And and so that that's fun to hear you say that same thing. Let's dive into this Orange Bowl before we get you out of here, man. I, I know that this Tennessee team is going to look a little bit different. They, they were one of the hottest teams in the country. They lost some guys who were opting out. But still, I mean, they, they can strike from anywhere. We, we just saw them in their last game put up 50-something points, uh, you know, without a bunch of those guys, you know, running the football. It, how does that change your mentality, maybe, even from the high school days when you're playing a team that, hey, this is a high-powered offense. We, we might have to score 50 to win this thing. How does that change how you think about a game? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you just control what you can control. Um, you know, for for a quarterback, I'm not really worried about the other offense a ton. Uh, I'm trusting the defense to take care of their job, and I'm just ta- I'm just trusting my offense to take care of our job. Um, and we just, you know, I think if we do our job in this game, uh, I think that we should, you know, we should take care of business. So it's it's going to start. Um, it really it really started right at the ACC championship. Just how we're preparing every week, um, every day, attacking practice like it's a game. And, you know, even during these off days, just trying to find, you know, an hour or two to go throw or or uh, or go watch some film and just trying to just, you know, stay on top of it. It's, it's going to be a great game. You know, Tennessee's a great, a great team. Um, they've had a heck of a year. So I'm super excited. I really am. It's, it's going to be a great, a great game for just us in general. Um, just, you know, over the past few years and just kind of getting ourselves back, back on the map um, for the country. So. When you look at Tennessee and their defense and what you've watched on film, what ch- kind of challenges do you think they present? Yeah, they got a great defensive line. 
Uh, they really do. They got they got some studs um, in that in that front, and then the, you know they got some, they got some speed in their backers for sure. Um, solid DBs, and you know they, they, you know they got a great defense overall. I think they're top thirty in run defense in the country. So you know I think that's going to be a, a big uh, a big deal. And our offense is you know uh, stating the run early on, and you know just kind of run the offense. So. Okay, before we let you go, um, why don't you just go ahead and tell us which defensive guys for Clemson are coming back another year? Can you just tell us? Yeah. Well. <laughs> no, Joe. It's okay. There you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Freshman true freshman. Smart. Uh, smart, true smart, 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 smart. Uh, <laughs> I, have, I honestly have no idea. I have no idea. Uh, well, we appreciate you, man. This was a lot of fun. Um, Look forward to many more interviews in your future, my brother. And uh, good luck. Have, have a safe trip. And uh, Merry Christmas, my man. Of course. Thank you all. Thanks again to those two guys for joining us. And shout out to Ross Taylor, the SID over at Clemson, for giving us that sit down with both Barrett and Cade. But especially with Kate. He didn't have to do that. As a freshman going into his first game as a starter, we really appreciate <laughs> that time with Kate Klubnik. And I love the fact that he was in Austin and I was in Austin. We were probably 10 miles away from each other. And we I know we both got torchies. I'm about to leave Austin right now and torchies <laughs> was my last meal. So... This is not. This podcast is not sponsored by Torchies, but hey, Torchies. Uh, not yet. Me. Not yet. I mean, KG, make a call. Like, what are we doing? That Baja shrimp taco. I think I would. I think that could be my last meal on earth. Anyway, <laughs> what I also would like to be my last meal on earth would have something to do with the Duke's mayo mustards. And I mean, I, I like mayo too. Some people are mayo haters. I just think they're uneducated. You put that mayo on a sandwich. You put that mayo <laughs> in a bunch of other things. It's going to elevate the level. And then, of course, when you look at the mustards, I think the mustards will change your life, and I stand by that. And Max done it with his beef tenderloin and use it as a binder. It's just freaking amazing. So, yeah, I know Christmas has passed, and hopefully you gave Santa the mayo that he wanted. But if you're looking for other gifts, Mac, maybe a New Year's gift, a birthday gift, Duke's Mayo is a place to be. You know, I, I keep referring back to KG when when – you know, I was talking about these wings that I was going to make weeks yes. ago. And, and I was saying, do you think it's weird? Like, what do you think about it? I kind of, you know, defaulted to you in, in this era. and Which was you an said, interesting choice. It was an interesting choice. But you you reassured me. You said, listen, mayo's in so many different things. It is. So I go home. We we have Christmas at our house. The Smiths comes over. It was awesome. And then later that day, we go to, to my parents' house in Sumter. And we're preparing, I guess, dinner. It was dinner. Christmas dinner. There was Dukes and everything. Like, literally... Yes. Everything we were making, there was a little bit of Dukes here. There was a squirt of Dukes here. There was a cup of – I was just like, this is unbelievable. I mean, this is going to be the best meal that I've ever had in my life. And it was in cake. It was in dessert. I was just so blown away mm-hmm. by all of this. Uh, but it, it, it truly makes things better. So go check out DukesMail.com wherever you are. We had people in California reaching out, people in Canada reaching out. Anywhere in the world, you can get your Duke's Mayo by going to dukesmayo.com. I have most of the sauces up here. They're running a little low. I, I need to restock here. We're, we're starting to use mm. them up uh, all over. But check that out. Anything you need, they've got it. A lot of great deals, too. You can save 10% pretty much with any code you put in there. They, they, they want to get you your code, get you your stuff. So go check it out. Love it. Dukesmayo.com. That's the place to be. All right, Mac, it's time to talk about the Orange Bowl. We have... Clemson and Tennessee, number seven Clemson versus number six Tennessee. Clemson's 11 and two, Tennessee's 10 and two, Clemson the ACC champions. Tennessee, very close to winning the SEC East. Of course, Georgia's in there. I would say 
without the injuries, they were the second best team in the SEC throughout the season. This game's at 8 p.m. on ESPN on December 30th. We've always talked about my stats. This nerd alert is brought to you by Duke's Mayo. <laughs> I'm just going to throw some of these out here at you, Mac, because we've got opt-outs to talk about in different things because this game is just a little different than people might think with Hinton Hooker not playing and all that. Here's what you need to know. Clemson, and this is December. We're talking December stats, so ACC title and bowl games. Clemson is 10-0 and against the spread in their last 10 games played in December. Wow. The spread on this game, if I didn't, I think I didn't say it, is down to four and a half. Clemson minus four and a half. So that's interesting. That is fascinating. Adding this in, Tennessee is two and nine straight up in its last 11 games played in December. Now that a lot of that is pre-Josh Heifel. Okay. So we'll just add that. But I found that interesting. Clemson's last eight bowl game wins have come by at least a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And then overall for the season. Tennessee is nine and three against the spread, which is very, very good. Like that's yeah. one of the best numbers in the country. Clemson is seven and six. However, Clemson is 18 and two straight up in its last 20 games as a favorite. Wow. So there's some nerd stats. How about all imagine. that? Come on, KG. I, I like that. And I think, uh, you know, just to kind of hammer on the, the Clemson stat there, I mean, that, that just, I think that speaks to preparation. I think it speaks to these coaches. I mean, when you give them, specifically looking at a, at a bowl game, yeah. you give them a month to prepare. I mean, they're ready, and they're going to have those guys fired up and in the best position. And, man, I just think back to, to Venables, and if you give that guy any amount of time, he's, he's just going to know everything but that you do. But he's not there anymore. He's not there. He's not there. But I feel pretty good about Wes, too. He's, he's probably more of a nerd when it comes to that stuff. Uh, he, he's with the KG Stats and Info crew for sure. He is. Um, he's a nerd. So that that's really interesting to see, you know, how do they continue that? How can they continue to to kind of build on that? KG, when I when I look at this game and, and I look at Clemson specifically to start, I mean it's it's the biggest question for me is is really surrounding Kate and, and mm-hmm. was what we saw, you know, against UNC, who is one of the worst defenses in in the league, was that a fluke or what, it's just who he is? You know, he, he's going to lead this team up and down the field, really have that offense firing at at a crazy high level for the, the offenses that we were used to seeing, the offenses that I was a part of while I was at Clemson. I, I think that the balance is going to be interesting because Clemson threw the ball a lot, and I understand you know UNC's pass defense was very mediocre, so you want to take advantage of that. But do they try to find balance? Do they try to get Shipley much more involved, You know, not just Cade slinging all over the yard? That's where I, I just can't wait to see it because I, I think the, the debate that – you, know, you and I have really gone back and forth on a lot for, for really two years now is, was it the quarterback or was it wide receivers that weren't doing the job yep. correctly at Clemson? I think we're about to find that out. I, I really mm. do. And there's some there's some some things, some excitement about Joseph Ngata coming back. Kate Klubnick you know, spoke to the media uh, while, while Clemson was down there and said, listen, we're only going to lose two guys next year on offense. Ngata wasn't a part of that. You know, He was talking about McFadden. And Davis Allen. So, you know, is the band going to get back together? Are we going to see and got to take another step that maybe we've never seen? You know, Dabo Sweeney, Coach Sweeney, raved about that young man forever and, and right. was just saying this is the best guy we've ever had, best guy we've ever seen, and we've never quite seen that. Uh, so that's what I'm really interested to see because, you know, it's hard to quantify just how and why the offense was so different, you know, with Cade in there. But when I look at the stat sheet and I look at that game against UNC, 13 different guys caught a pass. Like, they were moving that thing all over the yard. And so 
I'm very intrigued just to see the snapshot of what this Clemson offense is going to look like because it's it's a lot like last year with those coordinators. You know, Elliott left, Venables left, and then we got to see Goodwin in the bowl game. We got to see Streeter in the bowl game. Well, now we get to see Cade as the starter. We get to see what's next for Clemson football right now. We don't have to wait till spring and then till next year. And so that that is really an, an intriguing part of this game for me. It is. And Mac, I think my other question is how much did the quarterback position handicap the play calling? Because right, exactly. that's something that we've seen for two years. So have we have we really seen Streeter call the kind of game he wants to call? Right. Will we see that against Tennessee? That's the question. Yeah. You bring up UNC's defense and their pass defense. Well, Tennessee has the fir- the fifth worst pass defense in the country. Yeah. <laughs> and when you look at what their secondary has given up this year, they gave up 450 passing yards to Anthony Richardson. 455 to Bryce Young and 438 to Spencer Rattler. Now, Cade Klubnick is not Bryce Young yet, but I feel like he's about as capable as an Anthony Richardson or a Spencer Rattler just on the bottom level. So you'd think that Clemson's going to be able to have success. And then when you look at Tennessee on the offensive side, no Hendon Hooker. I I wish for this game that Hendon Hooker was healthy so you could see both teams at their best. And, of course, no Jalen Hyatt who's opting out. That's nearly 1,300 passing yards and 15 touchdowns that you're not going to have. I mean, he was the guy. It would almost be if if Clemson didn't have Shipley. Like, he's yeah. been your dude. So I just wonder about Tennessee's offense. And, Mac, I'm going to read you this quote, and you tell me which quarterback I'm describing, okay? <laughs> quarterback X's arm strength is incredible. And at 245 pounds, he's a bruising runner. In short <laughs> a little bit of a giveaway there. <laughs> The challenge for quarterback X is accuracy. He's been prone to overthrow receivers and rifle passes that were hard to catch when he could have used more finesse. Which quarterback am I talking about? <laughs> Sounds like DJU, but he's not playing in this game. So I think it's uh, Joe Milton. I think you're going Correct. with Joe Milton. There. I think you could apply that to both DJU and Joe Milton. I find it fascinating that Clemson is basically going up against DJU. And in some respects, this may be a little bit of a stretch, but is Tennessee going up against a Hendon Hooker right, type guy right. in Cade Klubnik? It's like the roles have reversed. Yeah, trade trade your quarterback, and I'm not sure who who feels better about that. So I think when when you look at it, and specifically just you know what what is Tennessee going to do, and and what are they going to try to do, and Clemson going to be without their two best pass rushers. I mean, and, and Miles right. Murphy uh, who who opted out, Clemson's first ever opt out, and then Trenton Simpson who who's having you know season ending injury or, or ankle surgery, I guess. So I'm not sure if, if, you know, what the operation is or what he's doing, but it sounds like he needs to get ready quickly, you know, for, for his next steps, which, which obviously is the NFL. So who steps up, you know, are, are we going to see more from Barrett who we spoke to and you know how smart he is in, in the, the role we talked about that. He was impressive. Yeah. As you're growing and, and you're getting, you know, much better as, as a player, so much more comfortable. Now you take that leadership role. Is it a guy in KJ Henry who, you know, has had probably the best season you could possibly have, you know, leading into this kind of final moment, this kind of, this exclamation point, if you will, kind of here, or somebody else. Is it a young guy that that maybe hasn't got a lot of time because of those two other superstars uh, that, that now will really emerge. So when we look at Tennessee's attack, I have to think it's going to be, very similar to what we saw from, you know, that Vanderbilt game where they're going to try to run it in a bunch. I mean, I, I think yep. that's just you're missing your two best receivers. You're missing your quarterback, and you're just not the same. I mean, Tennessee fans, if they're listening, you know, it's no disrespect. It just is what it is. You're, you're missing your offense. You're missing a big piece of that. And, and so I think that when, when you look at that, okay, what is Clemson going to do? Is Clemson – there's three options. I mean, we've seen it all year long. 
are they going to go heavy and show a bare front and try to confuse Tennessee and really, you know, exploit that, you know, offense or defensive line that they have and, and try to really just get them in adverse one-on-one matchups? Are they just going to play a base front and, and trust their, you know, coverage in the back end and, you know, that their guys can do enough? Or are we going to see that three safety look uh, that, that we did in the ACC championship game and just have athletes on the field and try to, you know, mess up targeting and, and mess up, uh, you know, where, where you're going with your block by having guys out in space and things of that nature. So I'm very intrigued uh, for the offense and what it's going to look like with Cade, but maybe even more so just the attack that, you know, Clemson's going to want to have on the defensive side of the ball. This game, in some ways, I feel is easy to pick because Tennessee is kind of a shell of itself offensively. But I think it's really hard to predict how it's going to go because Tennessee has been such a fast-paced team all year. They haven't cared at all about time of possession. Do they have to care now? Because, Mm -hmm. like you said, they're going to run the ball more. I think Joe Milton threw the ball 17 times against Vanderbilt, and it was like right over 100 yards. So they're going to want to maybe play a little more ball control and keep the ball away from Clemson. but. Can they do that? Because that's not who they've been, and that's not who Josh Heupel is. So uh, for me, Mac, I mean, I think Clemson minus four and a half, especially when you look at the fact that Clemson is 10-0 against the spread in its last 10 games played in December, and just the bowl game success that Clemson has had. Right. It's kind of an easy pick for me. I'm not saying this is going to be a blowout. I I think that, you know, Kay Klubnick is still a freshman making his first ever start, so these are things you have to keep in mind. But I do not – think that Tennessee's offense can do enough to win this football game. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, if, if you dive into it and, and really just kind of look, okay, you know, what what is there still to be excited about? I, I think kind of some matchups, KG, that I'm, I'm very intrigued and, and really want to watch. UT has, has a fantastic right tackle in Darnell Wright, a guy that's going to the Senior Bowl, a guy that is, you know, opting in to play in this game. I can't wait to see him versus KJ Henry. I think that's going to be a fantastic thing. Both guys going to the Senior Bowl, so it's kind of like, Whoever wins this matchup, then you get him again, you know, a couple of weeks later at the Senior Bowl. So excited to see that. Uh, UT edge rusher Byron Young is really twitchy, electric guy, strong guy. You know, I, I think that Clemson's offensive tackles, Blake Miller, true freshman, and of course Jordan McFadden are going to have to be aware where he is. Uh, number six, so anytime you see a defensive lineman wearing a single digit, you know, he's pretty good player. And then lastly, the wide receivers that are still here, you know, and, and Brew McCoy, 6'3", 220, uh, and, and Keaton there at 6'3", 195. We've seen Clemson struggle with big receivers. So if Tennessee is able to pass, they're able to get it to these monsters, uh, you know, how, how do they perform? How are they able to, you know, really learn from the things that we've seen and have the greatest game plan that they possibly can? What about this total, Mac, at 63 and a half? It's a lot of points. I mean, with Hendon, I think yeah. absolutely. I think, yeah, let's run it up, whatever the number is. I, I just, based off what Tennessee did without Hendon Hooker, they ran the football a million times. I just don't mm-hmm. think that is sustainable or reasonable given where you are and what you what you do. So I have to think under, but I do feel as confident as you do yeah. with Clemson. I mean, yeah. I, I think that the, the four and a half, I mean – it started at six and a half. I don't know how it's dropped to two points with Tennessee losing so much. I just don't see it. I just don't see I don't see how they're gonna be able to do it. But it's a bowl game. Crazy things happen and and I hope it's obviously very entertaining, but I think Clemson takes care of business pretty good in this game. I agree. And I think I would lean under as well, Mac. I think yeah, you're right on that. Especially <laughs> if Tennessee's trying to kind of slow down this game a little, which is so weird because that's not right. what Tennessee wants to be, but they're in a in a tough spot. So we're both taking Clemson to cover. We're both taking the under. 
I'm excited for this game just with two, these two big brands. And I am very curious, could this kickstart a possible Klubnik Heisman campaign? I think it's possible, similar to Jordan Travis and the Cheez-It Bowl and all these different guys who have these opportunities. Yeah. So can't wait for that. And Mac, I know you will be down there in Miami covering it all. <laughs> Listen, I got a flight to catch. You got a flight to catch. Yeah. Uh, we, we're, we're both jet setting, but yeah, I'm headed down there. Cannot wait. It's going to be really awesome. Love Hard Rock Stadium. I mean, it's one of the best in the, the world uh, at what it does. So it's going it's to be fun to see that game up close and personal. We'll have coverage all across ACC Network, guys. So don't miss that. Tune in. Check us out Friday nights. We're going to have PM, all kinds of stuff leading you know into this game that should be a ton of fun. But that's it from us. You know, Really appreciate Ross Taylor, as KG said, Kate Klubnick, and of course, Barrett Carter, our Duke's Mayo guests. They were incredible. It's always fun when we get to talk to these student athletes and you know just see kind of the guys behind the helmet. It's a lot of fun to chat with them and talk with them, but that's it from us. Thanks for tuning in. Another episode of Gramlick and McLean presented by Duke's Mayo. Guys, go over to SiriusXM. Go over to YouTube. Subscribe, rate, review, wherever you got to point it somewhere. Uh, we appreciate the comments and, and any type of uh, review that you guys can do. Always fun to hear from y'all. Uh, but until next time, we'll see y'all.